can't begin to tell you, I reckon there should be some study actually of how many people have gone to a Catholic school who've developed this condition because there's so much shame around sex and sexual activities. Pain means that something's not okay. So why, 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 why are people putting up with things? The first place when you are anxious or afraid that will clench up is your butthole. Morning, Tanya. How are you? Hey, Maya. I am great on this beautiful spring day. It's absolutely glorious. Excellent weather, hey? Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Now, we have a very special, I think almost a little bit different kind of a segment uh, or topic today. Can we give um, listeners the backstory on how we came to the conclusion to do vaginismus today, Tanya? Yes, we can. I've just completed a 12-week course studying how to treat vaginismus. Uh, and this is one of the, it's, it's a pretty common presentation that I have in um, my clients. And I think it's highly underdiagnosed. And I also think that a lot of practitioners aren't really sure how to treat it or what to do with it. So it was really interesting to be with a bunch of my peers uh, understanding this. Um, it really helped me learn too that I need to do more teaching about this. So mm-hmm. when we were chatting, what, what should we talk about next? I was like, do you reckon we could talk about vaginismus? And we quickly worked out we could do a couple of episodes about this because it's quite a big juicy we can. topic. We really can. So yeah. I, I think there are a lot of... Yeah, I was just going to say, I think there are a lot of misconceptions or either maybe you would have heard the name, but you're not really too sure what it really means or what it entails. So let's just go right in. What is it? What is vaginismus? All right. So vaginismus, it's a sexual condition that makes penetration difficult or impossible for people with vaginas. It's a psychological condition and it's usually linked to a fear of pain uh, or penetration. You'll find it listed in the DSM-5 and the DSM-5 is like the Bible of psychiatric illnesses. I reckon we're all on a page in there somewhere. Um, so it's just because it's listed in the DSM-5 doesn't mean that the pain is pretend or you're imagining it. The pain is very real and it often goes diagnosed, undiagnosed for long periods of time. One of my uni colleagues did some research and found that women with vaginismus have often seen upwards of 20 different practitioners and spent over 20 grand trying to find a solution oh. to their problem, which just makes me absolutely cry. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. And it can manifest its way, you know, it can manifest its way in a few ways. Yeah, you can have things like your legs involuntarily clamping shut, preventing access to your genitals or your vagina. You can get pain for any kind of penetration. Yeah, you can get pain on entry or during intercourse. You can get what's called a hypotonic muscle spasm, which will cause intercourse to be painful. Or you can get an involuntary clenching of the pelvic floor muscles. So it's a lot of different things that sort of manifest itself in difficulty with anything going inside. Oh, it honestly, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's heartbreaking, but there needs to be more education about this hey absolutely and i think people knowing that if this actually is happening to them you're not a freak it happens to lots of people i think the last research i read on it was that eight percent of um, women in america were suffering from this or people 
people with vulvas, vaginas. Um, we are going to come right back with a bit of Let's Talk About Sex. Let's go to some Shy Girl. This one's called Freak. Text in your sexy song requests. Oh, we've gotten a little bit of D'Angelo, Lil Louie. Excellent. This one's called Freak. I'm a freak, yeah, I know. Now you like to hear me say it. Can we throw it down again? Can we throw it down again? I'm a freak, yeah, I know. Now you like to hear me say it. On the bed, on the floor. I'm a freak, yeah, I know. Shy Girl there with Freak. It's FBI. My name's Maya Billick. We're on Mornings. I'm joined by Tanya Coons. We are on Let's Talk About Sex. And you were so rudely cut off a little earlier. <laughs> um, we're talking vaginismus. We are trying to get a little bit more education and awareness out there. Now, let's just quickly recap, Tanya, how it can manifest itself. Great. Yeah. Um, the marvels of technology cutting us off there. <laughs> Um, so vaginismus can manifest itself in, in a few ways, right? We can have legs involuntarily clamping, preventing access to your genitals. You could get pain for any kind of penetration, a doctor's instrument, a finger, dildo, penis. You could have pain on entry or during intercourse. You could be having hypertonic muscle spasms that cause intercourse to be painful. And you could be having an involuntary clenching of the pelvic floor muscles. So there's a lot of ways that it can show up. But, you know, the main the main result is something's really hurting or mm. preventing me getting anything inside. Right. Now, what yeah. what are some of the most common, I guess, causes of it? Are you born with it or do you think it can happen more over time or maybe not do you think but does it happen over the time yeah well there's there's two diagnoses for it you can have primary or secondary vaginismus so primary can be that you've had it lifelong or it happens all the time and secondary means that it shows up at certain times right so the difference with primary uh, so so a prime, reasons that you could develop primary vaginismus could be having a fear of penetration so maybe you were sitting in the sex ed class going, oh, my God, I don't understand how this all happens. I don't want anything like that going in there. That can cause you to sort of seize up and not be okay about it. And also we have all these beautiful sexual myths that tell people that, you know, once you start having sex, it's going to hurt and be painful. So people's bodies can internalise those messages and create a big fear. Um, also people can have sex or intercourse before they're ready or feeling pressured into sex or intercourse. You know, you could be living at home. So if you're partnered, you can be trying to have sex where and when you can. It might be rushed in the back of cars. You might have had unwanted touch or unwanted sex. That can also cause this condition. Sometimes feeling shame about sex or sexual activities. I can't begin to tell you, I reckon there should be some study actually of how many people have gone to a Catholic school who have developed this uh, uh -oh. condition because there's so much shame around sex and sexual activities. And then sometimes people just tolerate pain or discomfort because they think that's what it's all about. Uh, and sometimes they're pressured by a higher libido partner, right? So so that's sort of primary if it's showing up all the time. Secondary it's situational. So it might be a specific partner. It might be after something has happened to you. It might be this week. Uh, it might be stress at work. So things like that can come about if you're feeling coerced or forced or 
you've just gotten used to putting up with uncomfortable or painful sex or sex that you don't enjoy relationship problems are a big one in this where people aren't getting on and then they they're getting hassled for sex and feel like they have to do that to keep their relationship uh birth is another one scarring or trauma from birth tearing and sometimes an accident or an injury can bring it on so there's a lot of reasons why this can show up none of them mean that you are broken or there's something you know, wrong with you as a sexual being. It just means you're having some problems right now and it they are addressable. Well, there you go. They are addressable. So no fear. You shouldn't be putting yourself through any pain or discomfort that you don't no. need to. I think that's such a good comment, Maya, because pain means that something's not okay. So why, 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 why are people putting up with things? And I think in the medical profession, there's a lot of research coming out now that... Um, doctors and medical practitioners expect women to put up with pain and tolerate it, but they don't expect men to. So, you know, men are more likely to uh, report heart problems, for example, because they'll get a pain and go, oh, something's wrong, whereas women are more likely to put up with it mm. and wait and wait and wait and wait and possibly have a heart attack. So there are women putting up with painful sex because they think that that's okay. And also their partners allowing this to happen, which mm. to me is not okay. So the more we can put out there about pain being a warning or that something's not going well, because that's the body's warning signal, like, hey, you need to pay attention to this, you've got to do something. Yeah, right? absolutely. Rather than pushing through pain. Pushing through pain, not sexy, not fun. And why would you want to do that? Yeah, precisely. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's interesting that you say it can happen as a reaction to like an event, whether it be uh, sex or a painful examination, um, yeah. trauma, but also that it can be a reaction to something medical. So like a UTI or thrush. Do you think it's a medical? It, medical. Do you think it's a mental <laughs> thing? I do think it's a mental thing. It starts in the head. There's usually... There's a cycle, pain and fear. So you could have got pain first, which leads to fear, or you could have fear first, which leads to pain. Right? There's a big cycle there. And what you know, and we'll talk about the treatment, but one of the first things in treatment is breaking that cycle and creating safety. Because you know, you need the first thing that your body does when it's anticipating pain is to clench up. Mm. Right? First thing. I know from the bodywork studies that I've done is that the first place when you are anxious or afraid that will clench up is your butthole. Right? Always. So it's like if you're feeling tight around there and your pelvic floor muscles are tight, it's gonna be much more difficult to relax and engage. I think some people, if they get persistent UTIs or thrush. Uh, um, and intercourse agitates it, they can develop vaginismus as a sort of like, oh, no, I don't want to do anything that's going to result in me having this condition. Mm. But I see less of that than I do with people having something go on in the mind uh, that they're finding something isn't okay about penetration or being penetrated. It could be values, you know, sex is dirty, bad, shameful, bad girl, virginity, those sorts of things. It could be problems with the relationship. It could be they don't know their body very well and so their body's not complying. And I ask loads of my clients who have vaginismus all the time, what do you think your body's trying to tell you, right? And it knocks them out. They sit there and they're like, wow, um, I don't know. But when we poke around a bit at that, a lot of the time is I'm not ready for sex or I don't want to have sex right now or um, I wish my partner would help me with the dishes and then I'd feel sexy or I really wished I didn't start having sex so young and I feel really ashamed about that. 
there's a whole bunch of things that can come up when we just sit with and try and tap into what our bodies might be trying to tell us. But usually our body's going, not okay, not okay, not okay in some way. Yeah, listening yeah. is very important, especially to your yeah. body. We're on Let's Talk About Sex. We're going to come back after this quick track by Sevi and Ting uh, is the name. We're on FBI. This is Mornings. There is a language warning right here. <laughs> Sevi with Ting, produced by Utility out of Zambia, the debut solo single from the artist. My name's Maya Bilic. I'm joined by Tanya Coons. We are on Let's Talk About Sex here on Mornings, and we have been chatting through vaginismus, which is, I guess, an involuntary response to pain that makes penetration difficult. We are unpacking some of the causes. It's Supremely mental, but can happen uh, in response to an event, to even a medical condition. But what's really important, I think, to talk about, Tanya, is once you have it, does it come and go? Or will it be a factor whenever you have sex or go to the doctor? Any, If you're even like trying to use a tampon, what's the deal? Mm. Also, good, good question. Um the thing that I want to put out there and the most important message is it doesn't matter if your vaginismus is primary or secondary, it can be treated, right? The trick is to find a good therapist and also a physiotherapist, both of whom understand the mind-body connection and who can work as a team. Um, it, it could rear up again in different situations with different partners or circumstances, but hopefully then the person who has it can understand what's happening and address the potential causes. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about treatment in um, in our next episode. So I won't go into it here, but I've got a bunch of interesting things to say about that that's going to be hopefully useful to folks out there who might think that they have this condition or that their partner might have this condition and that they're broken or stuck with this forever. You're not. It's about getting to know that part of your body, possibly unlocking some muscles that might be in spasm, so you need a, some body work for that sort of thing, but also locking, unlocking whatever's going on in the brain to uh, create a sense of not feeling safe. Mm. So we can work around lots of... Um, We'll talk a little bit, uh, a lot actually, about how to create safety. Because once we do that, then it's kind of easier to do all sorts of treatment interventions to sort of get in the pool slowly and, and get things happening. But there's no have to, there's no pushing through, there's no forcing. None of that stuff should be a part of vaginismus treatment. And I hear lots of clients have like, well, I went to a sex therapist or I went to a physio and I got given a bunch of dilators and told to use those. And when I got up to the highest one, I was ready. But they weren't ready because they were still seeking treatment. So it's it's ways to know when you're ready and to learn your body mm. and to understand mm. when would be great. Yeah. Very we'll true. go into a lot more. Well, there <laughs> you go. We're going to be going through the treatment of vaginismus in a fortnight's time. I was going to break this up, yeah. but you know what? We may as well talk about it now. I, okay. I definitely imagine I can empathise with the situation. If you're going through something like that, there's no doubt you'd be feeling very intense uh, shame or anxiety even. 
and really put yourself in a very psyched out kind of state of mind that you don't even want to enjoy yourself with your partner or you're too scared to go to the doctor. It, yeah. I think it's also really important to discuss the effects of vaginismus on one's mental health. Yeah, um, definitely. I think lots of folk uh, with this condition either begin with or develop anxiety. And actually, I think a lot of sexual issues are grounded in anxiety. Uh, but it also makes sense that people would become anxious if they're not understanding why sex is difficult and or painful. Mm. Because, you know, I think our sense of self is intrinsically bound up to our genitals. So if things aren't working very well, we're not going to be feeling so great about who we are and how we are. Um, and what I notice and, and what I find really sad is that a lot of people use their first strategy of avoidance, right? So they start to avoid intercourse and they start to avoid sex. Then they actually cut off affection and other intimate actions like hugging, kissing, for fear that they're going to lead to intercourse. Um, I'll often talk to these clients and say, you know, you can get on the train, but you don't always have to go to the end destination. You can get off one stop later or several stops later. You can have a hug or a kiss or a cuddle. And if you're worried that your partner is going to go, oh, yes, great, I'm having a kiss, that means, yeah, we're all good for penetration, you can talk to them and say, um, you know, yay, I'm so happy to be giving you this kiss and cuddle, but that's where we're finishing. Mm. Right? So we've got to teach a lot about communication because so many folks feel like they can't say that or it would be embarrassing or they'll upset their partner. And I'm like, well, if you're avoiding all kinds of intimate contact and affection, do you not think that that might be upsetting for your partner? Like if you just take penetrative things off the table but allow for everything else, then there's still a great ways to connect. There's a lot of ways to have pleasure. And it takes that pressure down, which should hopefully reduce some of the fear as well. Very true. Um, Very true, Tanya. Now, if you've just tuned in, we are talking about vaginismus. And the most important takeaway I hope you are going to take from Tanya unpacking her knowledge here is that this is a treatable condition. There shouldn't be any shame you should be feeling and if you are getting very anxious about it, there is treatment. You can go see people, you can talk about it and you're not the only one. Yeah, and if people have questions, I'd encourage you to text in or send us an email So because next time we're going to be talking about treatment. So mm. if you've got specific things or specific fears or questions, really good time. You've got a free sex therapist advice right here, and I would love to be of service to folks who are worried about this or think that they may have it or, or someone that they love may have it. Um, let's, let's get it out there and stop making this such a, a shaming topic. Because yeah. I know when it comes to chronic pain, it's a very lonely thing because pe people don't know what you're experiencing and it's very hard to explain it. So you're kind of carrying that burden all on your own. Uh, so let's get it out there and let's lighten that load for people. That's absolutely correct. You can send in any questions to 0409 945 945. You can remain anonymous, share as much or as little as you'd like if you feel comfortable Tanya will be here for you and we will also answer them anonymously in a fortnight's time. Thank yes. you. Thank you, Tanya, for coming through. We will be back, yes, in two weeks going through Great. treatment. You thank can... you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen back to Let's Talk About Sex wherever you get your podcasts from. 
This one going out on the text line. The sexiest song this week was D'Angelo's Untitled How Does It Feel?